Welcome to Let's Open the Bible, where our goal is to open the Bible and look at what it says. For the next few minutes, we will be looking at a passage from one book. We will continue weekly until we finish that book. I'm Tom Nordstrom, and with me is Bill, Casey, and Nate. Welcome to Let's Open the Bible. This is season number three, episode number 14. We are still in the book of Mark, uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 17 through 29. And for the sake of reading, we're going to read from 14 to 29 just to get the context. We covered those last couple verses last week, but we're going to pick up in 14 and work through verse 29. So with me, I have Nate and Tom, and Nate is going to read for us. All right, Mark chapter 6, 14 through 29. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said he is Elijah. Others said he is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard of him, he was greatly perplexed, yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, She pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give to you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, For what should I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and said, and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, but because of his oaths, he his guests did not want to sorry turn the page did not want to break his word to her and immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head he went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl and the girl gave it to her mother when his disciples heard of it they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb this is a really really uh, interesting story and we were just kind of briefly discussing it um, right before we started recording and mentioned how there's a lot of, uh, I mean, just really weird layers to this story uh, to uncover. And it's super bizarre. Uh, we see a, a really weird picture of a super dysfunctional family and what happens um, whenever you make a lot of mistakes. And there's a lot of sin involved here and here we kind of see a picture of maybe we could call like a downward spiral of of sin Um, and whenever you decide to not listen to god's wisdom here is what what that might look like so anyway we can start there and i'll let you guys start talking about what we see in starting in verse 14. one of the things we discussed uh this this Herod is not Herod of Jesus's birth. Um, this is like the father, and I, I think you had looked up and he, he had named at least two or three of his kids Herod. 
So that I think so, yeah. That kind of confuses things greatly. Um, but what I mentioned last week was Herod the Great was kind of the, really the last true king of Israel. And what I mean by that is, yes, he was under Roman rule, but the Romans kind of let him rule Judea on his own and just kind of backed him up. And after he passed away, they're like, no more of that. Um, so this Herod, even though he's king, he has virtually no authority. You know, he rules at the pleasure of the emperor of Rome. Um, just for clarification's sake, really 17 through 29 is kind of like a flashback moment. Um, it's not the sequence of events that we see in the book of Mark, but it flashes back to this, and this is the events that surrounded John's death. Um, and so they hear of Jesus, and Herod thinks that it's John the Baptist that comes back from the dead. And so 17 through 29 is a flashback. So what we see starting in uh, verse 17, the start of this flashback, is John says, or, or Herod says, this might be John the Baptist who might be headed. And like Casey was saying, okay, now we flash back to this scene of the beheading. So what we see starting in chapter 17 is... Verse. Yeah, sorry, verse 17 is it was Herod. Um, Herod put John in prison. And it all started there. But John preached to Herod and his family while he was in prison. And one of the things that he talked about was the marriage situation that Herod was in. And what had happened is Herod had taken, it would have, it would have been his sister-in-law. Um, it was his brother's wife, Herodias. And John would openly speak out against uh, their marriage and say that this is wrong. And so a couple interesting things we see here is Herod actually, although he didn't like necessarily what John was saying, it says that Herod enjoyed listening to him. Um, and it seemed that Herod really liked John um, and seemed to have maybe some respect for John. But Herodias, the wife, the unlawful wife, did not. So that's what started this whole uh, situation of why John is going to get uh, his head lopped off is because Herodias does not like him speaking out against their marriage. And there's a maybe a lesson here for uh, Christians and, and all Christians, but maybe especially ministers, is being willing to talk about the hard stuff. Uh, that even, even if it gets people uncomfortable, even if people don't like it, um, we see it costed John's life, um, but it uh, being willing to talk about the the difficult things that could potentially ruffle feathers is worth it, and um, we marriage is one of those things, and marriage is a very very touchy subject, and lawful and rightful marriages, but uh, we see here that it's it should be addressed no matter no matter the cost. I've, I've heard, and I don't know if this is true, maybe you guys do, um, that Herod literally stole Herodias from Philip, and I think Philip is still alive. And that's why John is telling him, you don't have any, uh, you know, this is an unlawful marriage. Um, and I could be wrong, um, but that would seem to me to be a legitimate reason for John to say this is unlawful because Philip would have still been alive. I don't know. Wow, that was 
I don't know. I've never heard that. I mean, I, I, I think what I understand is Philip is still alive. Uh, I don't see any reason to believe that she's not, or Philip is not alive. Um, but either way, they're in a, a wrongful marriage for some reason. Um, I mean, they're not related by blood. So I would assume that if Philip was alive, she would be freed from the marriage, which if she wasn't, or if she yeah, if he wasn't alive, I would I would say they they could get married. So I think you could deduce that he is alive, um, and that's why it's an unlawful marriage. I I think, but I guess that's there's maybe a little bit of speculation in that. And like I said, I very well could be wrong on that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I would think that he would almost have to be still alive for it to be considered an unlawful marriage because otherwise I don't know that necessarily it would be unlawful. Unless... Unless he's not eligible to get remarried as well. Right. This is a whole discussion, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if there's... It, I'm wondering if there's some Old Testament laws at play here about... Um, there was interesting Old Testament laws about who you could and couldn't marry. Um, but yeah. either way, there's... There are, um, Jesus preached on explicit marriage laws today, um, and there is definitely people who have a right to get married and a right to not get married, or do not have the right to get married, and being able to speak on those things is important. And it's also interesting that Herod, although he didn't, maybe didn't, the marriage didn't, John's message on marriage didn't sit well with Herod. Herod still enjoyed listening to him and had an open ear to him. And I think sometimes preachers are so afraid to talk about things and maybe miss an opportunity to those people might have open ears like Herod did. Um, and just because it's a tough subject doesn't mean that they're not going to, to listen to you. Some people are uh, truth seekers and I don't know I don't know if we could call Herod a truth seeker fully but he certainly had a maybe the attitude of a truth seeker until he made this this rash vow um leviticus eighteen sixteen says you shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife it is your brother's nakedness so there that's what it refers back to but it also seems weird to me if he wasn't alive why would this tidbit that says it's his brother philip's wife be in there to begin with because if he's dead She's technically loose from that bond of marriage, and therefore they're technically not really married anymore. And so it seems weird to me that if he's not still alive, why does it even mention Philip? Because there's no need to mention Philip. So. So, yeah. Um, You know, it kind of seems like Herod never heard any of this before, you know, Leviticus or any of the laws, because he, in verse 20, it says he was greatly perplexed. But yet, when he heard John, he was glad to hear it. I mean, it wasn't... I don't know if he was... Um, it, it just seems like he has never heard that, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And What do you mean I can't do this? It's, everybody else in the world is doing this. Why can't I do it? You know. It says that it clarifies that he feared John. Why did he fear John? This is verse 20. Because he knew that he was a righteous and holy man. Um, and that for that reason, he kept him safe. And Herod, although, uh, you know, he's preaching, he's being preached against, he respected that John was righteous and holy. And again, I think there's something in that for us is 
sometimes the hard to swallow preaching can be swallowed easier if we back it up with righteous and holy living. Um, if we are not walking what we're talking, then, you know, it's the whole concept of being a hypocrite and why would we listen to a hypocrite. But it seems like John was really backing it up. So that's kind of some discussion on 14 through 20. So you don't have anything else there? Yeah. Um, going back up to what we dis- kind of, we didn't really discuss it last week, but we read it not only last week, but this week. Um, some were saying that he was Elijah. Well, I think I may mention then that um, Jesus in the book, in the Gospel of John, actually refers to John the Baptizer as Elijah. Um, I think he says, you guys are looking for Elijah. Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you that he's here. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was John's mission according to the Gospel of John? Well, according to the Gospels make straight the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Same you as know, Elijah. Yeah. You know, and that's what Elijah's job was. And, you know, it's one of those things that it's one thing we might be glossing over. There hadn't been a prophet like Elijah for over 400 years, mm-hmm. you know, up to this point. And that's kind of why, you know, John made such a big splash and then later Jesus made such a big splash because they'd never heard or seen anything like these two were do- more so Jesus doing, but what John was preaching, they hadn't seen that yeah. in 400 years. You know, to give perspective, United States has only been around for 250. Right, yeah. It's been a, they'd, they'd read about these things, but they hadn't witnessed the um, miracles. Um, okay, so verse 21, Herod's B-Day came. And Herod's B-Day, he has <clears throat> this banquet, and he has all the significant people, the nobles, the military commanders, the leading men of Galilee, and all of these leading people. Um, and here I think we see a lesson in peer pressure. Um, and Herodias' daughter, so it's Herod's unlawful wife, Herodias, it's her daughter. Um, so who knows how old she is, Um I don't know if there's any indication anywhere of how old she is, but she came out to dance. And we can um, infer that this was not the hokey pokey. Uh, she was probably doing some, you know, provocative. TikTok. Yeah, that's TikTok that, video. Yeah, t- <laughs> yeah, TikTok video. Yeah. Uh, she is probably not a moral party. Uh, there, There's likely alcohol. Uh, there's likely you know, obviously this immoral dancing and it because we know that because it says she pleased Herod and all his guests. So this young girl is um popping and locking in a in a likely a very inappropriate way. And so Herod, being an excited dude, says, Whatever you want, I will give it to you and he vowed to her. And she ran over to mommy, who doesn't like what John the Baptist is preaching. And uh, mom says, you should ask for John the Baptist's head. And so she comes back, and Herod, not wanting to be embarrassed in front of his guests, not wanting his uh, stepdaughter-in-law, that's weird, stepdaughter-in-law to stop dancing, said, okay, bring me John the Baptist's head on a silver platter. And that is the story of how John the Baptist got uh, beheaded. And there's lots of lessons in here, lots to unpack in here. Um, what do y'all have to add to this? 
you know, it's more, I think it's more that he didn't want to show that he was, would go back on his word, not necessarily be embarrassed. Um, but to show it the, all the important people that he was a man of his word, I could be wrong. It could be that he was embarrassed. He, well, it said in 26, it says, and the king was exceedingly sorry, so he didn't want to kill John necessarily, but because of his oaths, he and, and his guests did not want to break his word to her. So, yeah, it was about that oath. So. Um, I was just looking a little bit. It seems like so the Gospels don't mention a name for this daughter, but Josephus does. Um, Salome is the name, supposedly, of this daughter of... Um, Herod or Herodias's daughter here, so I don't know. I guess take that with a grain of salt. But Josephus, an early church historian, um, that in his records it seems like Salome is the name of this daughter here. I saw that same thing on this this chart I was looking at a second ago. Salome was wasn't he just a Roman historian? I mean, he was Jewish. I don't know. I don't think from, Josephus was a Christian. No, I've, he was Jewish. I mean, yeah, he was, he a was Jewish. Yeah. From my understanding, yeah. and I know we're going to get a little bit in the weeds here, but I think he was. Um, at one point, he was a general in the Jewish army that fought against Rome, I think, in the 70 AD uprising. I have no idea. But he then went and was actually became high up in the um, Roman army, too. So, okay. I mean, he, he was. I don't, I don't want to be overly sure of that because i'm not 100 percent sure yeah um but he he became important to the roman and so yeah. it, it would be in his histories that we it's, we talk about he he's more um he kind of whitewashes a little bit of the jewish history a little bit so it doesn't offend the romans it seems like he was probably a I might have said it incorrectly. He was more of a Jewish historian, not a Christian historian. Um, yeah. It doesn't seem like he was a Christian, from what I can tell. Yeah. Uh, there is, I, I think there's one passage in one of his works where he does mention Jesus. Um, it is kind of modern historians kind of take it more with a grain of salt um, because Jewish people didn't really keep his um, works separate but the christians did so that's why they kind of take it again not 100 percent sure of that right so that's all discussion about josephus the the historian that casey mentioned who meant who we have an extra biblical record mentioning that this herodias's daughter's name was salome um so this girl um according to extra biblical history's name is her name is salome um this it's funny. This story reminds me of the rash vow. Is it Jephthah in Judges? Um, he makes a similar rash vow, um, or he he promises the next thing that comes out of his house he will consecrate to God. And he was my understanding is he was expecting an animal, and it was his daughter that walked out, and so. She was then, her life was given over to God, and, and Jephthah had to keep that vow. And some people some people say he killed her. Some people interpret that to be um, a, like he just consecrated her life, and her, her life was spent in uh, life. So she, did, he, she wasn't sacrificed. Either way, he made a rash vow. And we, we learn from Jesus in the New Testament 
that we should not make those vows. Rather, we should just let our yes be yes and our no be no. And so part of Herod did many things wrong here, but part of what he did wrong was making that making that vow of whatever you want, you got it up to half my kingdom. And that was a, we ought to learn a lesson in being careful about uh, what we promise uh, because that can get us into a lot of trouble. Yeah, say what you want about bad about Herod. He did keep his word. He did, yeah. Yeah, that is one upside, I guess. Sometimes, you know, we get so focused on the the bad that people do that are mentioned in the scripture that we fail to overlook that, you know, sometimes, you know, they were, they were people too. And, oh yeah, you know, it wasn't all, not everything is black and white there. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, what Herod did was wrong, but what he did was also right because he kept his word for the right reasons, more than likely not. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me kind of a Samson and Delilah, like the conniving, uh, deceiving nature of the whole thing. Because, um, you know, verse 21 says an opportune day came. She was looking for an opportunity to get what she wanted um, really behind his back because she didn't ask for it herself because she knew that Herod would say no. Um, and so she used her daughter to deceive and got more people involved in this than should have been involved. And it all started with they're in an unlawful marriage. Um, and it, it all, we keep talking about things it reminds us of. It reminds me of David and Bathsheba, um, how it all started with, he lusted after that daughter or he lusted after Bathsheba that led to murder. And that's the same thing we see here is whether it was the blame was for Herodias or the blame was for Herod. I think it was for both. Um, they, what started as we want to be married ended in let's kill the guy who's preaching against us um and sin always snowballs uh there's always a there's a a book uh, titled the domino effect of sin and the point is how sin never uh, is a is a standalone domino that just falls over but sin always knocks over another domino and it falls and one little sin leads to one little white lie to cover up that sin but that one little white lie has to be covered up by another lie and here we see sin descending so far as to John the Baptist, this righteous and holy man, his head being delivered on a silver, I say silver, I don't know if it's silver, on a platter. Um, so sin always snowballs. Okay, I'll take my turn at it reminds me of. Okay. It reminds me of um, King Ahab and um, Jezebel. Jezebel. Um, in the fact that King Ahab... Yes, he was a evil man, and the Bible clearly says he did evil in the sight of the Lord. But it also talks about how Jezebel led him astray. And, you know, Jezebel, there, there are a few good things said about Ahab in, in the Old Testament. There's nothing good said about Jezebel. Mm-hmm. She was so wicked that she's even mentioned in the book of Revelation. Yep. Yep. Um. So, also, a lesson in who we associate with, um, a lesson in our humility uh, to hear God's word. Herodias did not have a soft heart, but she had a hard heart. And there is a a verse in James, we've talked about it before, about, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. 
uh, scripture is like a mirror. It's like a glass that we look into and it, uh, we're foolish if we walk away from that mirror and, and don't make the corrections needed. Here we see um, Herodias in Herod 2. They heard God's word, but they did not make the changes necessary. Uh, I've, Casey, I've heard Casey use an illustration of it's like you have, you look in a mirror and you have spinach in your teeth and you look and you say, ah, whatever, and you walk away and don't get it out. That's stupid. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. But we do that all the time. We look at Scripture and we see we have, you know, spiritual spinach in our teeth, and we say, "I should change that." But we walk away and we never change. That's what Herodias and Herod did, and it ended in a very a traumatic way. We have a lesson in lust uh, with this girl. A lesson in partying. Uh, there's a a lot of these lists in the New Testament. At least what I was taught in school is there's a word. Oh, I'm trying to think of the uh, it's not sensuality. One of the words, it's the idea of just these, you know, parties with no no rules. You're just going crazy, rave, and there's no, you know, just anything flies. It seems like that's what maybe is going on here. Is it's just we go further and further into wickedness, and there's just no boundaries. Um, so there's lots of lessons about self control and rash uh, oaths and. Um, all sorts of stuff in here to learn from about self-control and how we should conduct ourselves. But that's all I have. Y'all have anything else? No. Nope. All right. Well, that's the lesson of John the Baptist's head on a platter. And again, that all started from, this is all kind of a flashback, a retelling, because Herod hears of Jesus' name being spread and he says, is that John the Baptist being raised from the dead? Kicks off this flashback. And after this, though, we're going to get back into the present day of Mark in verse 30, where Jesus feeds the 5,000. So thanks for tuning in. We will catch you on the next one. And we appreciate you listening. Bye. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Let's Open the Bible podcast. If you have any questions or if you want to talk about the next steps in your faith journey uh, or you are interested in receiving the daily Bible verse over text that corresponds to the content of this podcast, reach out to us at openthebible2022 at gmail.com and we will get back with you. Uh, We thank you for listening and we will catch you on the next one. Have a good day.